Hello there, and welcome to a special solo episode of Tap Calf Transmissions. I'm your only host for the night, Corey, as Justin is away currently. Uh, so this is going to be going up to both the YouTube channel as well as the uh, as well as the podcast feed. It's going to be a shorter one than usual. We're going to talk a little bit about the Star Wars Outlaws announcement, uh, the movie release date announcements as well, and how solid I think those are. Uh, and then for the uh, for the YouTube side, I am going to talk a little bit about some of my plans for the future of Datapad and what that looks like. So I probably won't include that in the released podcast episode. Uh, Justin is, again, he's away for this week. Uh, I'm going to technically be away next week, but I'm going to be doing a Wednesday night stream instead of Thursday night stream. Maybe Justin will be able to join for that. Probably not. Uh, but hopefully he'll be back in soon or within the next little while. I'm going to be trying to do uh, solo stuff like I did last week where I ranked a bunch of uh, Jedi and Sith based on how I thought they were as characters. Uh, but yeah, so I guess the first major news to jump into is Star Wars Outlaws, which uh, I thought looks really interesting. I think I'm going to really enjoy it. Some of the gunplay uh, Dak talked about this on Twitter as well, the gunplay and uh, some of the other game... I think Dana just laughed really loud. Uh, some of the, the gunplay and other game elements seemed a little bit slow, but I think part of that was just the person doing the the gameplay wasn't very good, so it seemed like it was a bit more heavily scripted than anything. Uh, but like the ability to kind of just explore the world, depending on how big the world is, uh, how many planets there are. Having the solid tran or the kind of seamless transition from ground to space is really cool. That was something that was going to be in Battlefront Three, uh, which we haven't really seen in uh, other Star Wars games, especially going between planets that way. Uh, I've seen some people take issue with calling it the first Star Wars open world games because of stuff like Galaxies and the Old Republic, uh, even Jedi Survivor. I personally don't think i i personally don't count open world game or mmos as open world games i think it's kind of distinct because like the the world is less of a game mechanic in a lot of those there's like there's some items that are placed around you're going between doing quests uh especially in like galaxies and the old republic but you're kind of interacting with the game world a little bit less uh so your mileage may vary on that i'm not saying that's uh gotta be true for everyone but that i think that's where they're coming from when they're saying it's the first open world game and i like jedi survivor gets close but even respawn wasn't calling it a truly open world game so uh, i'm willing to give him a pass on that my there's i guess one other issue that i've seen people talk about a lot is uh not being able to make your own character but i feel like a lot of rpgs that go that like you either want to do a specific character story or you want to have the player just insert themselves as whatever it's like if you compare even <clears throat> even one of the best examples of like character creation in a dedicated story would be Shepard and Mass Effect but even then if you think about the character traits of Shepard it's whatever the player wants to put on them so if you're going to have a game like Red Dead Redemption uh, then it makes more sense to or like Grand Theft Auto, it makes more sense to have a character that is more defined like that. Because like if you if you talk about even Revan's character traits before they get defined in a book, there's very little going on there. You have a bit more with Mitra 
in KOTOR 2 because so much of the so much of the plot and what you're doing in KOTOR 2 is exploring Mitra's past choices and her relationships with different people like the Jedi Masters so you get a bit of a better sense for what Mitra is like but even then in your interactions with everyone it's exactly what you put on to Mitra so I I understand wanting a Star Wars open world game where you can create your own character but I don't think it's like a flaw with Outlaws that KVS is uh, Vess or Vo- I think it's Vess not Voss I keep going back and forth with that but I like I don't think it's a flaw that you have a defined character like this uh, there was a bit of the same reaction to Cal but nowhere near the same amount and a lot of that ended up being like people saying they didn't want to play as a ginger which is like it's it's so depressing being on the internet sometimes, but uh, but yeah. So maybe we'll get another character creator in a Star Wars game at some point. I don't think it has to be Outlaws that does it. I don't think it's a flaw with Outlaws that it's not doing it. Uh, I'm perfectly happy to like. I, I think it's two different kinds of games. I don't think it's one superior to the other. Like with Mass Effect Three or with Mass Effect, what they were doing was creating a dating sim. So you need to be able to put yourself in it. Whereas Outlaws is not a dating sim. So I I, I think that's fine. Uh, but the, the other issue, the other potential issue is Ubisoft. I think it's hard to talk about anything with it and not talk about that Ubisoft is not always the best. Uh, yeah, I do hope there will be like clothing or hairstyle customization like you have in... Uh, in Jedi Survivor, because like making your own takes on Cal and making him have funny hairstyles is a uh, it adds a lot to the game that I didn't think I'd care about. Uh, but yeah, so like I uh, my Ubisoft experience in the last little while, like I played Assassin's Creed a long time ago, uh, but like my my most recent Ubisoft experience is I'm one of the games I play most in my off time is Rocksmith. Which is basically like Guitar Hero, but you're playing a guitar instead of uh, like a controller shaped like a guitar. And so they switched. They had Rocksmith Plus come out, and it was changing to a subscription model. There was going to be all these songs. I was really excited for it. I was fine with the subscription model as long as there was going to be good songs in it. And it came out a year ago. The it's it's real bad. It's it's not good. So Ubisoft has to make a lot up to me. And I feel like EA has kind of redeemed itself gameplay-wise in a lot of ways. Uh, Ubisoft needs to needs to make some more steps there. Uh, but all in all, I am really excited to, to, to give it a try. Uh, it, I don't know if that 2024 release date is going to be kept, though. I definitely thought it looked better than the Avatar game. I was thinking about giving the Avatar game... A shot before but like it looks okay i just i've never been super into avatar uh if they made an avatar the last airbender game absolutely all over that but avatar the the blue people game um, in the universe there i don't know i just i just found it kind of hilarious when they were doing the announcement and like it's a navi with a rocket launcher but yeah but uh but yeah so like gunplay seems a little bit slow but we'll see how that is in actual gameplay Nyx is super cute. Uh, I don't know if Nyx is going to upset the the spot that BD1 has in my heart, even though Nyx and BD1 seem to have a fair amount of 
uh, of overlap in what their roles will be in the game, like getting uh, pressing buttons on places. So it'll be it'll be nice to have a non Jedi centric story as well. And uh, there was also the news on the game side that the I think one of the writers from Thirteen Thirteen I hadn't planned really to talk about this is joining the game that Emmy Henning is working on. So there's a few people that are kind of back in the space after uh, a long absence there. So I'm I'm really hoping over the next little while we get to hear some more uh, some more game news from a bunch of different projects because we've got uh, we know with Respawn that we have a third Jedi game coming out. Probably be a while before we hear about that because uh, that's definitely a few years down the line. But like I'm really really waiting for news on the Bit Reactor game. I've kind of ingratiated myself to to them on Twitter. Uh, I made Bitreactor follow me by just responding to everything they ever post uh, and talking about how excited I am for that game because like I, Star Wars XCOM is as close to information of it, on it as we have, and just based on like uh, interviews that Greg Force has done, so I I really want to get in there. I know I know Templin Institute Mark uh, feels similarly, so uh, let we're, I I think if there's multiplayer, I'm going to see if me want to play that. But uh, but yeah, so. That, hopefully, we'll start getting some information on soon. They post a lot about how big the last few weeks have been. Uh, but there's also the Amy Henning game. There is the Respawn FPS, which we'll probably hear about uh, sooner than uh, than Jedi. So I there was the, the announcement a while ago, which I can't remember if it was an official announcement or a rumor. So this is possibly just completely talking out of my ass. But the uh, it's, it sounded like the goal they had was to do uh, two games per year, like a AAA game and then something that's maybe a bit smaller. And I did get some uh, some responses on when I when I mentioned that in a video before that it seems like too much. Uh, but really, if you go back and look at the rate a lot of games have been coming out, uh, it's when you're talking about multiple studios doing it, then it's not. It's not actually as much as it might seem like, especially after how little we've got. Because uh, if, if you look at what EA did in a period where everyone was saying, like, EA is doing nothing with the license, it was one game almost every other year. Uh, like, there are a few places without a game every other year. Like, if you cut off the first couple years uh, and allow for some COVID weirdness, that is EA and their license studios alone doing a quarter of the total Star Wars games, with now it being open to everyone to be able to make Star Wars games. So, especially if they don't always hit that exact target, I don't think it's going to be a situation where there's too much coming out. Especially, uh, like, you compare it to the old LucasArts periods, where it's a lot coming out of one studio or one publishing branch, and a lot of those games felt a bit rushed, but people still like them. Uh... And that was a, a much higher volume. So I think two games a year, give or take, is pretty sustainable. It's a good amount and should hopefully allow for doing a couple different genres. Because we've got this open world game in Outlaws. Uh, it it kind of seems like the Amy Hennig game it would be a an open world game-ish. But we know we have a shooter. We have a tactical strategy game. Uh, there was the rumor a month or so ago that there is another Star Wars strategy game in the works. So we'll see. When are Disney Star Wars stopped milking the Empire era? 
I mean, they... A lot of those decisions come from what people are pitching. It's not that... I don't know that Disney is, like, going to the studios and saying, you have to do this particular period. And, like, if you look at the movies we're getting, which I guess we'll transition into now, uh, we've got a pretty diverse set of different periods that the movies are going to be set in. Like, we have Dave Filoni's movie, which is the closest we know of to an Empire-era movie, and that is Mandoverse, so that's 10, 15 years later. Uh, then you have the Ray movie, uh, which is after The Force Awakens, or, sorry, after Rise of Skywalker, so that's a different period as well. That's a period we've never seen before in uh, in the new canon at all, really. So there's a lot of room for new stuff there. And then the... Is it James Mangold that's doing the... Uh, 10,000-year-old Dawn of the Jedi movie. So I think there's a lot of different periods coming up with stuff. Like, if you look at the TV space as well, uh, the the highest concentration of stuff there is obviously the Mando timeline, because a lot of them are Mando. Like, of course, we have Acolyte, which... Or not Acolyte, Andor, which is in the Imperial period. Uh, but I love Andor. I'm not going to complain about that. If you look at Acolyte, that is another period that we've never really seen in live action. It's going to be connecting a bit more with uh with the book period that like in prior discussions on tapcalf eck was eck in particular was skeptical that we'd ever see it connect to anything so i don't i don't think it's necessarily true that there's uh that like disney is focusing too much on the imperial period i think if you focus on just games then yeah we've had uh the last four games that are exclusively uh, Imperial period or close to it. Like Squadrons is technically a little bit later, but it's Empire versus Rebels, technically New Republic. But, like, yeah. So uh, I think there's a fair amount of variety there, and we'll, we'll see what the rest of the games are. Because uh, I guess the, the other news on the game front is the, the issues with the KOTOR remake uh, with Embracer Group in particular, uh, or more generally... Because uh, there was the KOTOR 2 situation where the uh, the restored content is not coming. Uh, so they had to they had to give a bunch of free games out for that. Embracer Group sounds like a, an absolute trash fire right now. Their strategy seemed to be buy every company they possibly could. And shockingly, not great for business. But, uh, you know... The like when I was looking up stuff to do a video on that, uh, which it was only a clip, but I still did a pretty short video. Uh, finding out how much they own is just ridiculous. Like they own they own Gearbox, so Homeworld Three is under their umbrella. They own uh, Asmodee and Fantasy Flight Games, or I guess they own Asmodee, which I think owns Fantasy Flight Games. So as a uh, as a fan of tabletop games, that that's kind of scary because they were talking about. Okay, don't I don't want to see conversations about who is a true Star Wars fan. Like, if you're just gonna be aggressive towards other people, please do it somewhere else. Have there been any updates on Star Wars Eclipse? No, that's another one where. I don't know when we're going to see news about that. Like, I don't... Th that game didn't exist when it was announced. It seems like it was just a ploy to get the company bought. 
which it did. Uh, was it Tencent? But yeah, so the the Embracer stuff, I'm hope because they were talking about uh, focusing on cash flow. So I think it could actually work out well for uh, for the Kotor remake in the end if it has to like if we're just being as optimistic as possible uh, as a project that they have the right to do. That is like. Whoever does it is going to print money for a while. I feel like they'd be most likely to redirect whatever resources they have to to that. Whether it's assigning it to a different studio, whether it's keeping it in Saber, who knows what Saber's going to do with it? Like Aspire, Aspire's gone. Uh, but with stuff like the tabletop assets, with uh, with all the stuff that Fantasy Flight Games does, that's a lot more niche and it's a lot more expensive to do because uh, like the physical printing of everything for a pretty dedicated fan base. Uh, so you kind of know what you're going to get with that. And I don't know if they're going to be as interested in keeping that around. So we'll we'll see how that goes. I don't I don't know how many people other than me are going to care too much about uh, about that. But, uh, but yeah, so what other games really are there announced? There's the Respawn FPS, which maybe now that Jedi Survivor is out. I'm really hoping with Jedi Survivor out, that's going to be the floodgates start opening on some... At least some information on the other games that are going to be coming out of the next two years or so. Because like Outlaws, I really wouldn't be shocked if it comes out uh, in 2025 instead of 2024. Like when they didn't put a quarter that it's going to be coming out, like they're leaving themselves open for an end of year release date, which means the beginning of the next year or like the end of the fiscal year could be just as reasonable. So who knows? Uh but the other the other big news this week, I guess, would be uh, the movie release date announcements, which what was the third one? I I misplaced the third one. So there was a, a bit of a bit of consternation about the first two being in May and December of uh of 2026 which i like i understand there's the there's the whole fear of like solo versus uh that last jedi that came out in that year but the I, i don't think having two star wars movies in one year is a problem like i i think they can do that it's it's kind of weird having so long without any especially now that Iger is talking about like making less stuff and making it better, but it, it's kind of weird to have two movies in the same year from that perspective. But I don't think it'll necessarily be too like too bad. Just promote it right. I don't think there's like with those being the first two Star Wars movies coming out in a while. Like Marvel seems to do fine with that model, and Marvel's putting out a lot more. Uh, but yeah, Joel, do you know, do you know when in 2027, the, the last one was supposed to be, was it December, 2027? But I think it's, I think it's probably going to be fine. Like I wouldn't be shocked if any of those, uh, if any of those movies get pushed back much like with outlaws, like if we see delays from the writer strike being, extended like if they're not able to start writing or finish writing 
because the writer strike goes on forever. Like, I don't see how movie production goes anywhere. Uh, but we're kind of at the... We're getting to the end of when we know the announced TV shows will be coming out. So we have... Uh, for the rest of this year, there's Ahsoka and their skeleton crew. Next year is Andor and Acolyte. Uh, then we don't know when uh, Tales of the Jedi Season 2 and... Bad Batch Season 3 are coming out. I'm just going to assume early 2025 for Bad Batch. And maybe 2024 for Tales of the Jedi. Like as a, a nice little animated treat in there. The same way we got uh, Tales between Bad Batch Season 1 and 2. So we'll see. Uh, but like when those when those kinds of release dates are put out of just like the, the company's overall planned slate of movies like it's not part of an official like telling everyone this is exactly when the movie is coming out get excited it's only a bunch of like us most dedicated nerds who either track everything or turn their job into like making news out of every small scrap of star wars news that it really becomes a thing so like i'm i'm only putting so much faith on that and like i'm not gonna be surprised or upset if stuff gets pushed back between now and an official release or like a more of a, a public event of announcing when the release dates are but uh did we see any indicator of selecting a specific planet in the gameplay trailer seemed a bit automatic which kind of concerns me uh, we didn't see selecting it. I'm not sure what the exact setup's going to be. It might have been a... I'd have to go back and look at it. It might be a situation where like you point towards it and then engage your hyperdrive uh, and can go different places from there. Uh, it might have just been the way it was scripted for that particular story event. Uh, so, uh, like, considering it is an open-world game and we have confirmation of multiple planets... Uh, I don't think it's going to be a situation where you can only go one to the next to the whatever. I think that would be a a pretty safe bet. Because we got, uh, like, Kajimi was confirmed. Uh, there's the new planet to Sharo. There's uh, the Aftermath, or, yeah, the Aftermath trilogy planet. Uh, so I'm, I'm really curious how many planets there's going to be. Because they're... We've either had confirmation or seen five or six, uh, and presumably there's going to be more. So I'm really interested in what that's going to look like and what the total number of planets will be, uh, or rather how big each planet environment is going to be. I did think the uh, Tasharo, uh, I, I think that's what the planet's called. I did think that looked a little bit Kobo-y, and Justin and I were talking about that right after the, the trailer came out, but we'll see. Uh, so what else do we have for any other Star Wars major news that's worth, uh, worth bringing up now? So Justin and I will have a proper, a proper discussion about some of this stuff uh, when it comes to it. But it's difficult not having someone else to uh, to play off of when I'm trying to look things up uh, to see if there's any other any other releasing stuff that I'm 
forgetting right now. Because I kind of got through some of the stuff that I'd been planning to talk about a bit fast. And there was a there was a question on Twitter about talking about the uh, the way some of the later Legends expanded universe stuff was was handled, and I I thought about bringing that up in this episode, but I feel like that can be its own thing. Maybe next week where I talk about some of that stuff and maybe get to some of the some of the email questions because I haven't looked at those for this week because I, I I figured I'd wait until Justin was back for that but if, if we don't know exactly when me and Justin will be back together maybe I can pull out some of those as well I just didn't want to do like a another Q&A episode full Q&A episode when we just did two before so I was a little bit uh, on the fence about planning all of that but uh, but yeah, this Sunday will be the Sunday afternoon. I am going to be doing the Empire War Expanded Anniversary stream as well. Uh, but yeah, I think the general the tap calf news section uh, has been covered. We're going to keep going here on YouTube with the. Uh, with less podcast-oriented stuff where I can have longer silences while I either read chat stuff or talk about other things. So that's going to do it for the podcast feed. Uh, we're going to stick around here on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening to all the TapCaf listeners. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get something in with, with Eck fairly soon, and I'll try to plan the episodes that I do solo over the next little while. Uh, to be stuff that I can put up on the podcast feed as well. Because I did the the Jedi and Sith stuff last week. That was very visual and it, it would not have made a good would not have made a good tap calf. So thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>